listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Thanks for the download. If you like what you hear, hit us up at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. All that and more on the 9to5 entertainment system. This is happening in reverse. What do we talk about, boys? We start off with Invader Zim and Rocco's Modern Life. We go on to fighting and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We talk a bit about Mindhunter Season 2 and we go on to discuss some Star Wars stuff. We follow it up with Matrix 4, The Mighty Ducks, Heathers, and a brand new episode of The Best Movie Ever. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Quitting at 200, guys. Heard it here first. Uh-huh. Are we? Uh, no, I don't know, we're, not. we're rebranding. We're launching with a new number one. Uh-huh. Marvel Styles. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's foil it. cover. Yeah, exactly. We're re- <laughs> we're gonna do an NES reboot. Where then we're gonna go back and like listen to the first episode, and then we're just gonna like talk about what we talked about in that. Every first seven episode. years, we just do the same episode <laughs> over again. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, what's in the news seven years ago? Exactly. Remember the show? Like Invader Zim, remember that? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Really? No Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, I know. I, I I bet you it's just Netflix going. Hey, remember old cartoons? I bet those guys are still around. Maybe one of them is going to work. <laughs> hey, how old is our average consumer? Right. What did they watch? <laughs> Invader Zim and Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. I feel is probably the like the safer. Well, safer, but also, but like weirder choice to have gotten made. Like like Zim had the like. The strong, like, diehard. Like, you saw Zim merch, like, sure, so sure, much sure. longer into the future, yeah. like, post, post Zim being canceled. But I was like, I never had someone being like, yo, man, do you remember Rocco's Modern Life? It was the best. Like, it was never, like, didn't get to, like, Ren and Stimpy tier or, like, no, 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 no. it tier. was under there. But it definitely had, like, it's probably, fun. like, a wider Duckman appeal. Duckman tier? Duckman was tier. fucking awesome. Yeah. Was that Nick also? Was <clears throat> that Nickelodeon? Sure. I don't know. I mean, because well, Zim, Zim and Rocco are both Nickelodeon. That's yeah. the yeah. the underlying thing. And what's weird though is that both Rocco and Zim are not on Netflix as shows right now. They have been, I think, in the past. Mm. No, not that I've seen. Zim was maybe definitely on the American one at least. Okay. There was a time when I was messing around with VPNs and things that I'm sure that I saw like all of Invader Zim on Netflix. Huh. But it might have been American Netflix because. Well, then I'm not going to talk about Enter the Florpus. But, Don't uh, Enter the Florpus. I've been trying to... Like, Sarah was like, oh, we're going to watch it at this point. And then she was like, I can't... If she, if she has not been into Invader Zim, this is not a great she place has, to has No, but she's watched it before. Okay. Like, she's just like... It's it's because she's watched it before is the problem. She's like, it's an hour 15. I'm like, yeah, it's not that long. She's like, it's an hour 15 of people screaming. And I was like, probably. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like... I understand. Like, she knows it well enough to know that, like... <laughs> to be a, wary. To be wary of, like, the fact that you're just going to have characters screaming and stuff at each other. Did you, did love, you like, try to, like... I love you, that that's Sarah's complaint about it. Right? It's just, when it's kind screaming? of like dinner at yeah. Keith and Sarah's. <laughs> did you, did you uh, expose Deb to Invader Zim? Or oh, no? No. Not even... Not even oh, no, 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 no. I, like, I, if it had been kind of geared to getting new people in, I think I would have been more interested, and I kind of watched it just to see if that was the case, and it was most certainly not. It is, it is like a for the fans kind of thing, <laughs> which is almost a little sad. Like, maybe there was an opportunity to rope people in. But man, uh, I'm not even going to spoil it. But the start of it starts with like the protagonist not at all in a state ready to be appreciated. Yeah, he's so miserable. Yeah, that's Deb. Like, well, I mean, which we talked about this like a couple weeks ago. That's one of the reasons why it got canceled was that the protagonist stopped wanting to save the world and like became a depressing figure into his. Well, own. it gets way worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> free from the shackles of Nickelodeon. They of can make the character in front of even, a camera. even more depressed. It's so weird because they talk about how he's like pathetic and messed up from seven years of not doing anything about Zim. But... <laughs> But he hasn't changed. Like, he's still a kid. You know? Like, what, what the fuck? Like they just thing. don't even address that. It's, they, they, like, directly it's, refer to it. And it's been seven it long years. Yeah. But they're all still, they're all like, still grade kids. five. Like, uh, that's the best. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm super excited for it. Uh, Scott, you failed in your mission once again. Really? Yes. And oh God. I've established an appropriate punishment for myself. Okay. Uh... I've thought about it long and hard, uh-huh. and I'm not getting out of it. Okay, I still have to watch this movie. All right, but now I've forgotten I've, the name of the film. Forever I United. I can, <laughs> I just it's and, even a bad name. And as I have pushed this back so much, uh-huh. I now have to watch John's movie too. Oh Ooh. crap! So I need to think about John's. Movie. Okay, you got to go into the uh, weekends in the dark bin and find some of the ones that I referred to. As yeah, but it's also, but it's your bad movie, so I have to make you and I'm going to make you both watch it. It's going to be double homework assignments. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's okay. the movie that now because Keith and I have not really particularly discussed what we're going to make you watch. Uh-huh. So I need to think about it. I'll think about it po- possibly during this episode. Okay. If I come up with something. I'll and I feel to... like that's an appropriate thing. And if I don't watch yours in an appropriate time, uh-huh. I'll end up having to watch Keith's as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got to double down. And, Eventually, uh, you pay off somebody's car. Right, there's like a, there's like a like thirty in the bin, you know. You trade get... the trade the paperclip in for the house, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's or the what F. What was it? The Harrier, the Harrier Jet. Remember the kid who sued Pepsi? Yeah, yeah, because they were like Harrier Jet, sixty million, for 60 Pepsi, million points Pepsi points, and he got them all. Yeah. Yep. Are you gonna buy us a jet? I feel well. No, Pepsi I'm the one who gets the jet. I get all the movies, and then I get a and jet. And you get a jet. <laughs> I want Scott to. Watch. I don't know. There's a lot of movies here that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. So did uh, you watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Right. I have not. <sighs> I mean, you can absolutely talk about it. I kind of, uh, no, I know, I can't. I don't no. even want to because it's so good. Well, because I know, I know the gist, which is that um, that. Okay, so here's my understanding. There's a big one. twist at the end. Yeah, but even but even then, like the big twist at the end is like without knowing necessarily the details of the twist mm-hmm. is still just like an explosively violent Tarantino twist, which is apparently still like well executed and sticks the landing and everything. Yep. But like everyone's just sort of like, so it's Brad Pitt and I'm not saying this in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio just driving around and being like menly men in the seventies, like waxing philosophic and stuff. And it's very cool and engaging. And then you're like, well, I'm watching this for like two and a half hours. What is going on? And then in the final 30 minutes, you're like, by the way, I'm Quentin Tarantino. Come on. And it's like, and it's well done and it's well executed. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. as a like that any of that is bad, <laughs> but they're like apparently they're like that's the movie. It's kind of weird. No, some of that can be bad. And and there was like in the movie, I was like, I don't know if I'm really even digging this at all. Like mm-hmm. you could tell, there's a lot of scenes that are references to to Hollywood from a go- golden era. age Hollywood trivia. That I'm sure if I was intimate with all that shit, I would have gotten all of his dumb references. Yeah, but I'm not, and I didn't. You know. Yeah. But then, but then you see the scene with like Bruce Lee. And he's yeah. a total punk. Yeah. And um and man, he, people are mad about that. Oh man, people are really mad about that. I haven't watched the movie yet, but I'm also a big Bruce Lee fan, and I'm yeah. not that mad about that. Yeah, I mean, the argument against it is like he never actually fought competitively. You can't really know how much of a real fighter he ever was. And also in the film, there's like a scene where Bruce Lee is talking about, oh yeah, and and if I kill someone with my, you know, I cannot fight you because if I kill you with my fist, then and they are registered as lethal weapons, then I go to jail. And Brad Pitt is like, uh, buddy, that's called manslaughter. Anybody kills anybody with their fist, they go to jail. <laughs> 
And then and then they have a little like sparring match, right? So Brad Pitt is playing the the like stunt double of Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. aging Hollywood golden age star, mm-hmm. and um, and he like runs into Jackie Chan on the not Jack Bruce Lee on the, in the in the back lot. And they spar, and they yeah. do, like, one round, Bruce knocks him down, the other round, he knocks, um, Brad Pitt knocks him down, and then they do it again, and they're kind of like, they go to a standstill, and then the director shows up to stop the fight, so they, right. like, it doesn't really come out, but the whole scene is framed as being in a flashback of um, Brad Pitt, like, he's, like, sitting there thinking about the time I fought with Bruce Lee, and yeah. it could even be that he's fantasizing about it, like, it might not even be yeah, the real yeah, interaction. Yeah. And so everybody's um, mad that a stuntman had a throw down with Bruce Lee and and like fought him maybe too well you know Bruce Lee was 140 pounds at yeah that, that's height. what I'm gonna say 210 like, pound stunt guy I don't care how fucking Bruce Lee you yeah, are yeah. 210 wait, pound wait man comes exist for a reason in yeah. the USA, there's a man. chance yeah. you, you can get punched and, and get then, dropped exactly yeah exactly. yeah exactly that's what I'm saying I was like when you watch like early UFC and you watch like the little flippy guy against the big massive guy the big massive guy just like Usually sits on him. Right. And li- <laughs> little flippy guy will do way the hell more than a little guy who is not trained. Like, nobody's going to take that away from somebody yeah. with a lifetime of training. But if somebody has half of your body weight on top of you in muscle, it does not matter all yeah. your training. Like, I mean, like, it's just like, I mean, who's a, like, could Conor McGregor, like, legitimately beat up, like, The Undertaker? You know, I'm like, yeah, The Undertaker's in his 50s, but he's also, like, 6'5 and, like, 270. Conor McGregor's, like... Yeah, he's a bit of a showman, though. Like, the, the, no, but I'm all, saying, but, for all of his athleticism. Yeah. Right, but I'm Connor just saying, like, Conor like, knows how to absolutely knock a guy down. but yeah. Or a guy like Big Show. Like, yeah. that, Big that, Show that, and yeah. Mayweather. Yeah. What? One one or two punches, and Mayweather's going to hit the mat. Well, that that was... That would be an interesting one, though, because yeah. he knows how they, to stay did, the hell away. They, well, they, wrestling did that they, one. They, yeah. did, they did it in fake wrestling. Well, yeah. there was that whole... the There was an off the off the record with Michael Landsberg, uh, mm-hmm. where they had Triple H on, and then he talked about... Uh, who, is, who is actually the scariest backstage? Who yeah, would yeah, just yeah. want to get into a fight? And, then, right? and he was like, you know, you've had, like, the Lethal Weapon, Steve Blackman, like, there was Ken, Ken Shamrock, Shamrock, like, who was a UFC, like, obliterate, like, monster. Like, not just a UFC fighter, like, a UFC machine mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar and then yeah. backstage and whatever else like that and yeah. Triple H is like hands down big show really and they're like what and he's just he's like you don't get it man he's like I'm a big dude and his fist is as big as my head he's <laughs> like if he ever wanted to end someone they would be over yeah. like he's like more than any other guy regardless of training regardless of whatever if a guy that big decides to put it like impose his will on you mm. it's over he's, he's seven foot two and like 400 pounds like yeah, I feel like there's a, a hundred million Hollywood films that are guilty of perpetuating the myth that if you're a tiny person and you're real quick, you're going to go, ba and yeah, dodge exactly. everything. But, and be but okay. then he's going to bring his hand down on your head and yeah. your skull's going to explode like a watermelon. Like, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. That's it. He was just sort of like, he's like, like he, but even no hesitation. He's like, yeah, I'm a big guy. And he's just dwarfed. So me. much stronger. Yeah, he was so like, it's, it's like, it would be like a child fighting a grown up. Okay. So, anyway, so, yeah, um, some people are here's, like, yeah, here's oh my another good yeah. So, okay, look, you can just, you know, it's part of a fantasy, and the whole thing, like, the, the, the violent blowout at the end is not what happens in history. In a sense, it's a bit of a, a like, um, Inglorious Bastards twist that is, like, as, whoa, what? You're doing yeah. what? Yeah. And and I'm, I want to go into that when when you've seen it because it's like there's a whole issue of like how do you how do you address fantasy how do you how do you like what do, what is he trying to do from a storytelling perspective and I find it really interesting, but um, I mean it's I feel that he's at least at this point kind of set himself up to be that there's like a Tarantino verse even if it's not like MCU'd yeah it's just sort of like yeah things are different. And things are allowed to happen differently. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever, so... I find that really fascinating. I think Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in this was actually more compelling in a way than his Revenant performance. Okay. I don't know if you remember when we were playing Dean, uh, um, Vampire with Monkey in okay. his old, old-ass 
game, and then we used mm-hmm. to trade the role-playing award back and forth just by being like, who's going to be the loudest person tonight? Okay, it's Keith's turn to get the award, so you'd be super loud one night. I don't know if you were in on that. No, I wasn't Maybe in on was, that. But yeah, it was, it was, was Jaime and I, you I've and been, me, yeah. and there was, there was one or two other people where for, like, sessions, he, we would, like, say, okay, he's going to be the loud one, and whoever was loudest would get the nom yeah, for whatever. Yeah, 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 and I, I don't necessarily know. I, was, I only joined when you guys were, were jamming, but I right. do know that the role-playing award would often go to the loudest person. Right. So, so the Revenant Leonardo DiCaprio was that, but in this one, he, he I thought, delivered a really, like, he, he was full of himself in the right moments. And then How did he, it compare he, to Wolf of Wall Street? Because I feel that's, that's the other real standout DiCaprio, I feel. I, I think... Django. Yeah, yeah, but like Django, yeah. Django, he was still like, it was still very much a caricature. Uh, like, yeah, 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 that's it. Like, um, I don't think there was a lot of depth to Mr. Candy in whatever, whereas like Wolf of nah. Wall Street was like a dude. Like, I he was think, still a monster in weird ways, in all sorts of different weird ways, but, like... That yeah. was a wonderful performance. I yeah. think this was more of a, like, believable character. He has a, a moment where he faces his alcoholism as an actor, and it's, it's like, a, he has a real change in the middle of the movie. Like, mm. it's, like, surprising to see such yeah. a, like, a, 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 like, nuanced moment in what you expect to be, a, like, a violent spectacle of whatever. Yeah. So I thought that was really impressive. Uh, although I didn't have as much fun as with most Tarantino movies, I think it, reflecting on it later, I'm way happier with it as a... Cool. As an experience. Anyway, go I see mean, it. I kind of felt like that with both of the last two Tarantino movies. Django and... Um, Hateful Eight. They, they were fine watching them, and then the next day I was like, wow, yeah, that was good. It was real cinema. I really like Hateful Eight. I, Hateful Eight <laughs> may be, I think, the only one I own on Blu-ray. Wow. <laughs> like, I just... I, but I also saw I saw Hateful Eight in I think like the best possible. I went with you. We saw it at the the big. Um... Yeah, I was in Toronto with Sarah. Oh, well, I did not see you. But did you? Well, yeah. But, but you saw it on one of the old screens that film screened it on fifty. I don't think so. so yeah. I so I went to. So it was like certain cinemas or whatever. We were happened to be in Toronto. Yeah. Like, we went to Toronto for this. We're not. We're not that level of cinephile. But I don't know if any places in Montreal even did it. Yeah, when I they screened AVX. When they screened it on full fifty millimeters, so mm-hmm. like on film or whatever. Seventy. Seventy millimeters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Screened it on seventy millimeter. Uh, when you like you sit down or whatever, and then at the first part it just sort of like like in the font they're like it's like overture, and then there's 13 minutes of music in an empty cinema, which is like the best, hmm. like font empty, but like in a darkened cinema yep. you're just listening to like the music of it, which I mean I realize is like yeah it's like pretentious and full of itself and whatever, but I'm still but like no one else he's is. trying you know right. But like, at the same time, but then there was something that happened as like a viewer where you become like familiar with the music because like it's the overture, right? So it's yeah. like it's all of the music that like you will hear in the movie is like mm. condensed into the overture. So there's like various like rises and stuff. Of the, so you're already familiar with like the theme of the film in a weird way. And I was like, it's is it necessary? Like I said, it might be a little full, pretentious and full of itself, but there is still something there mm. to like hearing the score or like an abridged version of the score of the entire film beforehand so all the musical notes are not like coming at you from nowhere which was weird and then also there was the like because it was on 70 there was the like a full intermission mm-hmm. uh intermission scene where they had to like actually physically switch the reels just like you, in your head right 70 millimeters that's, it's like almost a fucking meter the size of that of that mm-hmm. film 70 millimeters 70 millimeters think how you did it seven centimeters, seven yeah. centimeters. that's still enormous yeah, yeah it's like, for a for for a strip of film, yeah. yeah, like that's you could you can take an individual cell of seventy millimeters and like, like put it up on your it. wall and it's like a picture, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's a tiny picture but it's still like a photo. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And like you could look, it was super cute. Like while you have like, your little intermission to go to the bathroom and stuff, you could like look up in the projection booth and like, literally see the dude like burp 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 like taking the reel off. I was like, this uh-huh. is kind of cool. So I'm I'm fine that Tarantino does this weird shit because. Nobody no else, one else is, is doing yeah, yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. it's great that he's doing it. Same thing with the Grindhouse. Program. Oh, oh, speaking of Tarantino, mm-hmm. his foot thing was like, 
up turned up to eleven. His foot thing. His his thing for putting lady feet front no. and center on every goddamn shot of yeah. the movie. Oh man, are there a lot of lady feet. like needless lady feet <laughs> in the middle of this of the goddamn screen? <laughs> He's leaning into that a little he bit. Re- I Just mean, like... he has to be laughing about it. I don't know well, how appa- else. Well, and th- that's kind of the thing that I heard, like about this film was like as. He's a very good filmmaker, and it's not like it's not like everything. Everything that I said, they're like it's not like he's jumped the shark or anything. But this is like of all the movies, this is a movie that he made for himself. Yeah, like where yeah. he was like, I love this era of film. I'm gonna make two dudes who are just like all about it. Like even uh, Alex Alex Rose was like, he's like it's like little things of being like, oh, you know what? I want to play the third track on the record and like finding the third groove and like a dropping the needle in the right side. You're like, that's just for you, Quentin. Like that's mm-hmm. for nobody else. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, like with the, like the, the, the glamor shot of it happening, yeah. you know, being yeah. like, and then he drops the record on just the right track, you know? And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> but it's 2019. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, which I mean, it's fine. If you're going to make something self-indulgent that ultimately is still like watchable and fun. Yeah. And you have something to say while being self-indulgent, which I don't know that a lot of other directors will, mm, you yeah. know, like this, this is a self-indulgent film, but you, but there's still a lot happening. Yeah. Here. yeah. Well, that was, Again, like, I feel like he's earned his leeway. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. I mean, and then that's, yeah. Alex Rose said the exact same thing where he's just sort of like, he's like, he's yet to make a bad film. So I can't like slam him for kind of making a self-indulgent one. He's like the worst that it kind of got was, I guess maybe the Kill Bills, and those were still fun, punchy, like homages to like genres. Mm-hmm. Self-indulgency, or but those weren't like, even self-indulgent. I think those were just homages. Like those yeah. were not even. Those There's were... a little bit of both going on, or a lot of both going on. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, but those. There were I mean, the fact that he made a five-hour, two-part kung fu. Movie. Well, no, but, well, no. Yeah, one of them was kung fu. One of them was spaghetti western. They were different pieces. <laughs> Part two is a spaghetti western. Part one is kung fu. But even there's so much in like there's so much in Kill Bill that's almost like shot for shot, for sure, of for other sure, stuff or sure. whatever. It's like whereas this is from whatever this is not that. Like this is still a Tarantino doing his own thing, but just about an era of cinema that he really enjoys. So how nerdy is this? I mm-hmm. he puts the dates on the screen every now and again, and and halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, he's gonna have to do a time jump because he is not at the right date for the Manson murders. Yeah, and I was right. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Manson. Speaking of the Manson murders, I watched uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, yeah. what was it? It was, I'm not even going to take up too much time, because we already exactly what Keith said about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> not as slick and glossy as the trailer made it out to be. Mm-hmm. Watches very much like a theater piece. Okay. And fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a, a little too long. A little too long. Yep. <laughs> Just fine. Yeah. Kind of Tarantino light. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not enough snap to it to make it full so would you recommend after all that sure Sure. it's 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 still like plenty watchable like agreed like it's It's got a it's got a nice cast who all put in the work and Mm -hmm. they're fine everybody does good acting (laughs) it's not a bad movie it's just not what it could have been which is kind of a you know like i said Mm -hmm. i don't know where we ranked it i know yeah yeah, we we put it right there and that's where it goes okay okay Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking I, of the Manson murders, I saw Mindhunter season two. Oh, I mean, they um, they get into talking to him in uh, the middle of the season. They interview with uh, Mr. Manson, mm-hmm. and it was kind of delightful that he was portrayed uh, kind of the opposite of how he was portrayed in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, in that he is like 
super, super manipulative, which you, right. can't, which you expect. But his story in Mindhunter is that he was, like, totally a patsy for the kids who are total psychopaths. But because they're rich and from other parts of the world, they used him they, – they, like – T- totally made it look like he was responsible for everything and got away with everything. And mm-hmm. then the mind hunters go and interview, um, what was his name? Tex, whatever the, like the guy who, the one guy in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's like straight psychopath. Neat. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that that's a, uh, a take. Mm-hmm. These are a bunch of people who hung out with Charles Manson for a long time, <laughs> you know, Yep. not expecting, you know, the, Alter boys and choir girls. Yeah, but I mean, but I feel that they're. I could like, I could buy that. Like him just being kind of like a crazy person, and them just being like, "Yo, we're just gonna do what this like crazy person says." You know what I mean? Like, 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 kind of like in that way of being like, like we're ri-, like you being like, "Hey, you should go kill people," and they're like, "We're yeah. rich, we won't get caught." Yay! You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like that, like. Yeah, he like I'm not. Or not, I'm not trying to remove it and thinking about it afterwards, being like, "Hey, man, we just killed a bunch of people." Yeah, but Charlie. Charlie's really Charlie's crazy. Charlie's our way out. So I read a thing about him that said that he was first arrested when he was like 13 and then was in and out of prison essentially his entire adult life. And that when he did that whole family thing, he had been out for a year or something. You know, it was like his first mm-hmm. taste of freedom. Um, and he was very, very convenient to blame all of this on. And like you're anybody coming out, like if you're in, in prison at 15, like you're going to come out a fucked up dude. Like there is not, yeah. you know. Plus he was like a huge fame whore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he desperately wanted to be famous. He desperately wanted to write songs for the Beach Boys, and he desperately wanted to make it in the music industry. And mm. What was that? Um, there was that YouTube video. They're like that YouTube video. It was like that YouTube video of just being like, "And I want to be famous," and it's like a cute little like banjo song or whatever. And then like in like the like finally in like Manson. The, in the, no, not Manson, but it's just sort of like she's like. I gonna be somebody important. I wanna be famous, and she's like, I could write a song, and it goes like that. And then like, and like the fourth verse is just sort of like, I'm gonna kill somebody important, and then I'll be famous. <laughs> it's just like the whole thing is it goes into like that sounds her, like those two girls. It's not. It's yeah. it's a lot like Garfunkel and Oates, but that, it's like it's not. But it's just like it's just like the best. And it's just like it's all a cute little like animated thing. The little girl's like, hup, and just like pops out a machine gun, and just like gotta find somebody when, important, and then I will kill them. When I was uh, yep. maybe 14 years old, started to get into music and, and trade mm-hmm. uh, mixtapes with my cousin, who's a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a mixtape that had Look at Your Game Girl by Charles Manson on it. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> and it took me a couple of years after having listened to that tape over and over and over again to like put it together. Okay. Here. Well, there's that re- retrospect, Scott. Look back in time. Was it catchy? It was. I can still kind of. Right. We like Sarah and I. We almost bought the vinyl of the uh, like the Manson family singing and whatever. Huh. Like, there's like a record of it. You gotta wonder where that money's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that buying it used is probably the safest way. The money's already. <laughs> the money already has already system. has already moved around, and yeah. now it's just going to the little used record store or whatever. Yeah, like we saw. I, I can't remember where we saw it, and I was like, "Oh!" And we're like, "How?" I was like, "What? Did, what does it mean if we listen to it? What does it mean if we enjoy it?" Well. <laughs> The Manson song was also covered by GNR, right? On the Spaghetti Incident. Really? It's one of the secret tracks on the huh. on this CD. Weird. Right yeah. on. Huh. A thing like that. What was the, like, I don't know why. Like, I feel it's such a weird thing, like, that, that we have, like, a fascination with serial killers. Like, it's just like, how is that, how is that weird in any way, shape, or form? 
Because, I mean, I feel like we're, like, romanticizing the probably the worst of us. I Absolutely. Don't, I don't think anybody's romanticizing. I think some Maybe the are. TV is for a little oh. titillation to attract viewers, but I don't feel that I romanticize serial killers in my head. No. I guess not. But, like, but there's still, like, a lot of attention. Like, we know, like, more about, like, Charlie Manson than I think we do, like, most figures of the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like other, outside of maybe, like, politicians. Well, like, but, like, music stars? Uh, you could you probably name more music right, music stars who like contributed to my enjoyment in my life not did a bunch of murders like it's a weird thing to be like, like if you think of like the people that like stand out from a, like from an era are like the politicians who like shaped the world and then i guess like the rock stars who put the music sports stars i suppose who were like at the top of their yeah, game and, the and then the best people who did the best killing but, and the but best but not not just and the, best criminals. the criminals right always criminals are going to be interesting cuz they reflect what is working poorly in society yeah, yeah bonnie and clyde and dillinger yeah, yeah, yeah i mean Al- yeah. Brutus, you know, like we remember historical names of Hitler. You know, like they're like a, a create atrocity and yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So I find it, it's, just, it's a weird thing that our brains gravitate towards. Mm. Is I find like like I'm not I'm not arguing like it's clearly that it does happen and that we do yeah, gravitate yeah, towards. Yeah. It. I find mm. it's just like King it's a weird... Kong Bundy and King Kong. Bundy. <laughs> remember Sergeant the Slaughter? <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's betrayal of America. Uh-huh. Starscream. Yeah, Nikolai Volkov. Starscream. There we go. <laughs> Every day. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Did you see the or here? I haven't seen it yet, but the trailer for the Mandalorian. Uh, no, for the new Star Wars or whatever. There's the Last Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, appara- there's apparently a uh, in at least a scene, and everybody says obviously it could be a Force uh, vision or something or whatever. But there's a there's a shot of Rey looking real Sith like with the double bladed lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, like, I guess I'll see it. <laughs> the, the trailer for The Mandalorian actually caught my, my eye. It's the TV that's, show, right? That's going to go on Disney Plus? It's the TV show that's going Disney Plus mm-hmm. about Boba Jango? Fett? No, it's not about Boba Fett. It's about a... It's about a Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Is it about Fett's vet? Fett's vet? Mm-hmm. It's, yes. I'm Boba the Fett. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, uh, Land- Lando's name? in it's it? Chris. And Lando's in it? Which Lando? Old Lando. Huh. Yeah. Like so, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Billy D. Williams. It looks cool. I'm interested and and on board with the idea of a bounty hunter ruling through the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm in a way, and again, <clears throat> I think the most, the best thing that came out of the Star Wars universe reboot is, you know, Rogue One. So the like the further they stray away from the main plot, I f- I'm the more interested. So just like a random bounty hunter doing random bounty hunter things, it's like is more engaging to me than whatever's up with the Skywalkers. We had a whole segment I think before the the, the restart of Star Wars, yeah, where we f- came up with ideas that had nothing to do with saving the galaxy or yeah. with with anything Force related, mm-hmm. and they all would have been amazing shows. Yep, and I mean, the, the Wachowskis direct pod racing. The movie, just, 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 just you saw what they did with Speed Racer, yep. and they're going to do that in I the Star Wars like universe. That is probably not the best idea because we're probably the only three human beings in the world who enjoyed that film. Speed Racer. Was speaking, <laughs> speaking of the, they announced the Matrix yep, Four, right? With only one of the Wachowskis. Yeah. Yep. Yes, only one of the Wachowskis, but Keanu. And so, yeah. and everyone's like, "How are they going to do it?" And I was like, "Cause it's a computer." <laughs> no, I was like, "Cause they're still in the Matrix. It's right there in the third film. It's." How does Neo have powers in the real world? That doesn't make sense. Well, no, they're supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be supreming whatever. 
He's or, the one. Come on, they could just put like it's quantum something or other. You know, that's what it is. Or. Uh-huh. They're, They're still, still in the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it also makes sense because what freaking like computers would program that stuff without a failsafe? Think about how much more. Think about to to your point when we talk about uh, like filter theory and like um, uh, not filter theory, but simulation yeah, theory. Yeah. How much more effective if the goal is to keep people in the simulation? To have a simulation where you're like, you you finally made it out. Now life is really hard and you've got to struggle. But that's also a simulation. You're not going to look to get out of that one. I, I don't, if, if you actually are in the simulation, there's no reason to believe you could ever possibly get out of it. Right. You know, like there's, it, 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 it could be physically impossible. Not, right. You know. But then if you do get out. Right. Because you've like figured it out or whatever else like that, and then you're like, oh, the world is super grim, and we gotta like work our hardest to whatever. You're I, gonna get be like, I get it. I get you're it. You're gonna be like, yeah, this is definitely reality. Yeah. But then if it's not, la, what la, if la. what if it's all reversed? What? Neo and Trinity th- are programs that think they're humans, and they're trying to defeat all all the programs and that they're, are they're actually humans. all the humans into whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's great too. Also, Ed Keanu would definitely be on board to twist Neo into a villain at the end of that whole thing. I I bet you anything he would do it. He just finished uh, the wrapping um, Bill and Ted 3. The wrap was yesterday. Yay. Are we excited for that? I mean, probably. Keanu Reeves is He's excited for it, and I'm excited for him. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I'm happy for Bill. Yes. By Bill. No, he's Ted. No, he's Bill. He's Bill as president. Theodore Logan is the other guy. The other guy. So, speaking of things from the 90s. And Disney. I have a subscription to HBO, and before all these movies disappear from HBO, I watch Mighty Ducks. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Did it stand up? Yes, it does. It's perfect. It's a great film. Number one on the list. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's, like, remarkably good. Like, like better than I expected. Sarah was uh, Sarah was out. She was getting ready for a uh, her cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it was, and it was the cousin's wedding. And I was like, I had a rough day, and I was like, I just want to put on some like fluff movie, whatever. Went through, and I was like, Mighty Ducks, and I was like, Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it's a good movie. It does. I saw it not too too long ago. Yeah, yeah so I was gonna say, I was like, it totally holds up. If you like, I'm, I don't know where Arch is on hockey. Like, he's not ready for Mighty Ducks yet. Not ready for Mighty Ducks. No, yet. he's slowly creeping into real people. So real like, people film. Right. Half of Goonies, and then he started to get. Yeah, that can get a little creepy. There's, there's some so there's scary still, it's, not, it's not the creepy. It was just the the pace of watching an hour and a half of a movie. It was yeah. kind of like... I end up doing like... So, I mean, we all know the plot of Mighty Ducks. Like, there's, there's, first of all, there's like some stuff in it that I feel is like... like So the script was not actually written for Disney. It was a guy who was just like shopping the script. Hmm. And then like Disney picked it up. And apparently like the original script was like darker... Not not to say it was like it was still like a kids film, but it was like more. How could it be darker? It's already pretty dark if you're looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Really? That's it. But they but if they you like... look at the corners. You see you see a few things like. Hmm, what... Well, like I mean, Emilio Estevez is like a jackass lawyer who then gets busted for a DUI, and then coaching the team is his community service sentence. Like he gets busted for a DUI. Like he's like driving a car drunk. One of the Estevez brothers getting into trouble. Right? No, but you know what? I'm like, but like, but that's <laughs> he's the good one. It's a fantasy. But like, but that's the setup. Like, all the kids yeah. are super poor, and, and then, then like, there's like, not a big only that. Forget the setup. Person. Once you learn about his backstory, he was totally abused as a child. Yeah, at least, at least mentally. mentally abused. Yeah. Did not have a happy childhood. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like his coach was like, "You need to score this one." And like, like, like. So the the opening shot is uh, Gordon Bombay as Gordon, a child, and it's also it's also messed up though. Hang on, like this, like some of the rules. Like, they then explain it away. So the opening shot 
of the film is Gordon Bombay as a child and his he coach, screws it up, right? And his coach being like, it's like it's like the game is on your stick, kid, and whatever else like that. And it's like you can do it, and it's like if you score this one, we win the championships. Remember, like it's not just on you. It's like it's not just your team that wants it. Like this is what your father would have wanted to. His dad is dead, <laughs> right? Like so he's like evoking his dead dad yeah. and being like, don't screw it up. Anyway, but then he misses the shot. Yep. And then the goalie, like, celebrates, and it, like, fades to black. And I was like, wait a second. What part of hockey is lost on a shot, right? Because I'm like, at most, if you're in a shootout, you can either tie it. On the last shot. On the yeah. last shot. And push, or push it forward. But I'm like, but then the coach says, if you score, we win. So I'm like, in what scenario do, if you score, we win? Congratulations, Keith. You outsmarted right. the Mighty no, Ducks. But, and, and, and the best part is, and it was like, and I, I read, I did some Mighty Ducks research. Okay. And then when I read up on. It's the, a penalty shot in overtime. It's last a pen- buzzer. It's a penalty okay. shot in the last minute. And then it goes to overtime and they lost in overtime. But I'm like, yo, that's way less bad. I'm like, your team screwed up. That goalie let in another shot like five minutes later. Why is it all on this poor kid's shoulders? Like, yes, he could have won it. Away. He could have put it away. And I'm not saying it's no. Stuff, but yeah, but the one of the things was that the the you right get a penalty shot with no time left on the clock. Yeah, 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 and I think that was it. Like he could have put it away. It, was it like could five... be like Brad Pitt beating up Bruce Lee. It's just his memory of the event, right? Anyway, no, because they... you meet the coach and the team that he played for later. No. And they're like, you're a loser. You're always you always were a loser. Yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. They go they go to the <clears> uh... they continue the childhood mental abuse into his adulthood. Into, it, into his adulthood. Yeah, exactly. They go to like the Hawks Arena. And it's well, like he is the goodest of us. <laughs> yeah, and they have like a whole row of like peewee championships and whatever. <laughs> there's a gap, and there's year. there's just one like throw all like first championships that is like second place, and the coach is like, "I wish they'd take that one down." Like two adults, Emilio Estevez. I'm like, this is so rough. And they were like, "You could have gone all the way, Bombay." And I was like, "He's like eight. I was like, "You don't know that for sure. Like you could be real good, but like your your peewee coach telling you you could have gone all the way." Then. My also favorite thing that happens in this is they meet the Minnesota North Stars, and Mike Modano is like, hey, is that Gordon Bombay? (laughs) (laughs) This kid was the best. (laughs) I was like, now he's freaking like 5'5", Emilio Estevez, (laughs) standing next to Mike Modano. Mike Modano being like, if you ever want to try it in the minor league, just uh, let me know. I'll get one for you. (laughs) I was like, no, you don't get to do that. You're almost 40, Emilio Estevez. (laughs) It's like him and Darian Hatcher, too, right? Like, Darian Hatcher's like 6'4", 250, like... Just like Emilio, this is so tiny. But then in the finale, like he does get his little try and he's getting on the bus. And I was like, "What is happening?" I'm like, "He's clearly in his mid to late thirties. He's smaller than I am. He has not played hockey in thirty years. He coached a peewee team. Wasn't to one he a champ- lawyer? He was a lawyer. He coached a peewee team to one championship. Then he calls in his favor with Mike Modano, who remembered he was a really good peewee he player. Wrote. I was like, "This is the best." Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was a like, super <clears throat> fun kids movie. I took um, some notes. Both uh, so Matt Doherty, who played Les, uh, Les was the 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 redhead kid with the glasses who who did the yep. like, fast talking and whatever. And Josh Jackson, of course, who plays Charlie. They were both talking about it in like a retrospective and stuff. So uh, Matt Doherty got concussed in college playing hockey because he's like, <laughs> man, he's like, everyone wants to take out a mighty duck. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's the worst. And like, and Josh Jackson was like, yeah, same thing. He's like, he's like, they both because they both got into hockey in large part from because the movie. Like, sure, that's sure. it. Learn how to skate. Learn how to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Well so they playing. were like, yeah, exactly. Keep playing hockey through like college and all that crap. And they were just sort of like, everyone's like, who's that kid from the Mighty Ducks? Just lay him out. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, I could totally see that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Eldon Hansen, who would yeah. go on to be Foggy, Foggy in uh, hmm. Daredevil. Daredevil actually ha- could not skate because he played football and was from <laughs> California and whatever. So it's that- super weird that that kid who played the big bully kid mm-hmm. goes on to play the the super punchy, nice you know, lawyer well, guy. Same thing too that uh, Margaret Moreau, who plays uh, Connie, yep. the like one of the girls on the team. Um, she was like in the first movie. I was like taller than all the kids, but then they all like were dudes. So by the third movie, like I was like way tinier, and I was like, and they were like, yeah, and then just like also apparently body checking her to screw around. <laughs> and I'm like, remember two, three years ago when you just bossed us around? And also, then she became uh, Katie in What Hot American Summer. Ah. Yeah. Uh, also, Eldon Henson's little brother plays the figure skating kid, who <laughs> apparently took to skating like nobody's business. And was just like, they were like, yeah, he like picked it up super quick and was like super good. So we got like more like screen time as a player. <laughs> and then uh, Vincent Crusoe, who played Banks, the cake eater, cake eater. Yep. Uh, the one who was like on the rich kid team, but then the, uh, the zone Zoning. lines got redrawn. So it turned out he was a duck all along. Um, so they the didn't kid- get redrawn. They found out that he was in the duck zone. No, but they no, but no, but they got redrawn at some point. Uh, what's his name? You make it sound like a nefarious plot to did, get. Did you guys banks. prepare this? Or did you like watch the Mighty Ducks in preparation as well? I just watched the Mighty Ducks. This is about me. He just remembers a lot of it. But Hans is like they drew it after you because like because they that's the big reveal too is that Emilio Estevez would have been a duck in 1991 as well. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like they they. They redrew it to get they him. They just double checked. The they were, they were, they were, yeah. They were like, someone. the lake isn't the boundary anymore. And then they find out that a really good player from another team, right, lives in the other zone. Hans, Hans. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, that kid uh, did not get into acting, and he's like genuinely the scene when I walk into the the locker room is about the best five seconds of acting I've ever done in my entire life. And he's like, <laughs> to this day, <laughs> he's like, it's like I watch that. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, second of all, he wasn't the original uh, Banks, apparently. There was, like, another kid. No one named names or whatever on this, like, retrospective or whatever. But there was another kid who was going to play, like, the villain and uh, then eventually, like, become, like, an ally of the Mighty Ducks or whatever. And apparently the kid was, like, such a disaster to work with. They were like, yeah, if this happens again, he's fired. Then it happened again the next day. And they're like, anyway, he's fired. Wow. Was Eric Stoltz? Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so there were just like the three goons, like because there were just supposed to be like the three anonymous goons, like Larson, McGill, and Banks, yeah. or whatever. Huh. Were supposed to just be the three goons on the Hawks, and then there was supposed. That's to... that's funny because Banks kind of has that weasel face, yeah. even when he is a duck. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. He's got that little bit of Joffrey look to him. Also, holy right. crap! When so, do they? Yeah, they take out Banks. The Hawks take out Banks too, right? Or, yeah. or do they take out Charlie? No, they take out banks. They, yeah, they take out they, banks. They face wash so whatever. So like, and, and like, in the, no, no, not face wash. They like, like, they take him out, and he has to go. He gets stretched out. So like, the best is they're just sort of like, he's like, you gotta put a stop to banks or whatever. And again, Pee Wee level, and just to like obliterates poor banks against the wall, and like, and drops down, and then like one of the other ones who was like his friend, because and like, that's really hard to watch that scene, because that scene is like, man, you can't do that. That's not hockey. Wait, 1972. <laughs> that's well, totally hockey. No, but it's Summit Series. That's totally. Uh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah. take care of Karmaloff. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's it. That is hockey. But like, but, and also again, when, Part I, of like, when I read the thing about the writer, the writer was like, I wanted the hockey to be really good. Like, he like drills him in the numbers. Like, it's not just like a big hit or whatever. You're like, oh, like 
It's a dirty hockey hit also. But then... Yeah, he hits him in the numbers, into the boards, drags his face down on the top of the boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like it's, it's awful. Uh, and then... And then, like, the other kid's like, what did you do? Like, Larson to McGill or whatever. And then, like, McGill just looks and he's like, my job. And I was like, you're eight. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? You're not an NHL enforcer. Like, he's obviously watched hockey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he clearly watched the kind of... series. Uh, but, yeah, so there's so much weird stuff that got into this movie, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, it was 1991. Why did Disney even, like, buy this film or pick up this script and all that stuff? And especially, they were like, it was capitalizing on the fact that Gretzky had just moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. So there was like, hockey was now like getting In Hollywood. Big. In Hollywood. That was what, 88? 89. 89. So two years, like, so they were, they were like, so they must have started the movie almost as he got picked up being like, we want, because they were like, hockey was not big in the States. Mm-hmm. And then apparently they were already, the owner of the L.A. Kings was already talking to Disney at that time to launch a team down in Anaheim. Like, so they were like half testing the waters for even like America's interest in hockey with this movie before even they decided to like become the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Like I was like, Hmm. holy crap. They were like, yeah, the filmmakers were like tons of stuff just aligned to get this movie made. That was like way outside of our like pay grade and decision-making ability with like from Wayne Gretzky becoming more popular to them like floating out to see like what the actual, cultural significance of hockey could be hmm. if there was a correct thing then also even they used the second movie to test the jerseys out yep like so the mighty ducks jerseys appeared in the film before they appeared on the actual nhl players wow. so they were designed the second movie or the third movie second no, the movie. second movie was second movie. no they're team usa and they play the third period in the ducks jerseys because they're just sort of like we are all ducks now and hans gives so. them yeah, 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 yeah. special because nonsense because nonsense <laughs> things they're team usa at the juniors wearing the ducks and then they get to all skate <laughs> against, out the ducks. against the evil finland team yeah. but but also <laughs> they skate out in a different uniform in the third period i was like i don't think that's okay <laughs> like, i haven't watched the second one but pat i think pat watch them with evil them. finland yeah yeah no iceland iceland you're right Yeah, exactly because that why obviously they're great at hockey they're from iceland iceland finland would have made sense they're actually hockey finland's players. at least a hockey country <laughs> anyway uh, yeah also and the last little mighty ducks tidbit of this overly researched thing about I'm Mighty Ducks. honestly impressed um uh, jake gyllenhaal's parents did not allow him to audition for it because they were like, you should fo- you're at the age where you should focus on school or whatever. Huh. So we could like, and he was, and he apparently like cried about it. Like he was like, this is the movie I want to be in. But then so, he ended up in Donnie Darko. Yeah, but much later. Like oh. Donnie Darko was what ninety six. Like that was still like he was graduated. Was it that early? I would have put it ninety nine or something. Maybe even yeah. yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, but that's it. Like, like Duck, Mighty Ducks was like ninety uh, ninety one. Right. Mighty Ducks 91? was ninety one, dude. Like it was one way early. You also didn't uh, talk about what happened to Goldberg. Oh yeah, because that movie ruined that kid's life. Why? Well, I mean, I think that two thousand one Donnie Darko. I mean, I don't think that movie ruined his life. I think just getting rich as a little kid kind of ruined his life. He lost weight, then he started doing drugs. And he got arrested. Then he got arrested a couple a times. Who's it? The the kid who plays the goalie in Mighty Ducks. Uh, Eric Strauss? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last time they arrested him, I think it was about a year ago. Yep. Uh, he he uh, had that crazy meth head. Yeah, super. A, photo. you remember him as like a chunky kid? Yeah. Whatever, like almost emaciated, like skeleton. Uh, it's like Jake, um, what's his name from the Phantom Menace? Jake Lloyd. His, uh, if you see his pictures recently, oh man, did that boy not do well. And if but, you, but he wasn't like 
chunky. Like this is this was a heavy set kid, like a heavy heavy set kid. Who kind of played the Jewish comedian like kid he, on that? Yeah, like on he played team. like a fat kid. Like I was like Jake Lloyd was never like fat. They're like part of part of Goldberg's deal was he was a fat kid, right. and then he was an now he's an emaciated skeleton man. Right. Like Jake Lloyd also looks rough. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not yeah, diminishing yeah. Jake Lloyd's rough roughness. Yeah. And isn't have you seen those insane videos where he's just like yelling at people? I mean, think of how rough that would be for a little kid. Everybody hates the hell out of your movie and thinks you ruined Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably he, like he internalized that shit. I guess so. But anyway, so reports. He on should that. just his answer should always have been. I'm not George Lucas. Yeah. Next. 100%. Well, but, I mean, it's hard to do that when you're, spoken like... Spoken with the maturity of a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Yep. But, anyway, yeah, but this, uh, this Strauss guy, I just remember... I did remember, because I did look at the police report or whatever, and apparently, when they busted him, he was, like, high out of his mind and just shining a flashlight into his own face. <laughs> Which, I'm like, man, that's that's pretty high. You're just, just, like, staring at a flashlight. Yep. I was like, oh, no, Goldberg. No. It's the meth talking. So... Just so you know, John, this movie then went on to spawn a cartoon series, two sequels, mm-hmm. an actual NHL franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stanley Cup winning franchise. Yep. <laughs> they won a Stanley Cup more recently than the Montreal Canadiens. Also, in terms of the teams that actually, actual jerseys of teams you can see, I counted three. Thoughts. Scott, which three real jerseys do you see in Mighty Ducks? Minnesota North Stars. Avi. Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Come on. It's right there. LA Kings? No. Damn. Flyers. Really? Who's wearing a Flyers jersey? One of the punk kids. Because mm. I was like, I was like, yeah, because they're poor. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, did you just like pick poor kids? <clears throat> Flyers. I was like, pretty gritty. <laughs> wow. But yeah, those are the those are the real jerseys you see in the in the team. And you know what the the real shame of this is that there's cool runnings did not have the same impact on bobsledding. Disney never went out and formed its own it's bobsled team. team. <laughs> yeah. But imagine. But yeah, like craziness and even even the uh They made so much money. They bought a hockey team. Like that's well, they were apparently already thinking about buying the hockey team, and this entire movie was like partially market research yeah. to see if like America was into hockey. I mean, enough. it starts off as market research, but then it becomes marketing. I'm sure there was a generation of kids who had never been exposed to hockey as something they could do until they saw this. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. But the, so the but those initial jerseys, like well, that that was the other thing about D2 when they those initial jerseys that got revealed were legitimately like designed and developed by the movie by the wardrobe department. Under, like, Michael Eisner being like, make me some jerseys, use these two colors. And they're basically the jerseys that the, like, the Anaheim right. Mighty Ducks skated out with. They weren't even developed by, like, normal jersey people. Like, the Montreal Canadiens don't, like, call up, like, a Hollywood wardrobe department to make them. Well, a, I mean, did crazy. it work out for Mr. Eisner? I do believe it I did. I mean, the Mighty Ducks logo is such an insane thing. Like, it's so Disney. The duck goalie mask? The duck goalie mask. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy Yeah, mm-hmm. that that exists as a pro sports thing. Yeah. All right, so where And it's still better than a lot of fucking logos out there. Yeah, it's know. not it's not even a bad logo. I didn't bring my phone. You're going to have to you're going to have to counterpoint. I mean, so yeah, yeah, this is weird. So, I mean, first off, I think this was like a successful kids movie, right? Absolutely. So it belongs in the successful zone. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm looking in the area around like Karate Kid Last Action Hero, and I'm seeing if it can pretend. I would put it above Karate Kid. Yeah, and I'm Although, seeing if it can go That's a tough one cuz it maybe higher than that. didn't have the same 
One of the, like I said, one of the things that's like at least the first one is there's like there's there, there there's class issues. There's like poor kids who just want to play hockey. Like yeah. like you know what I mean. Like, like there's a lot kind of going on. There's like the redemption story of Emilio Estevez being mm-hmm. like like again like a dark. He was a jackass who had had like a history. His who lost his father had a history of mental abuse. Became a scumbag lawyer who then ended up with the DUI. Like finding himself like that's a you're like weird, you know. And like goes on to become. Like a pseudo parent to to Charlie to yeah. Charlie who doesn't have a father figure who's also like, whose dad just like is not in his life on, skipped out on him and stuff yeah there's like heartwarming heartwarming yeah but also like dark in a way that most Disney movies aren't hmm. you know what I mean like there's not a lot of like deadbeat parents in other Disney yeah they're either movies. like suspiciously absent and you don't yeah they're doing the role or they're dead on they're just not there yeah exactly yeah. or they're dead on screen like like Mufasa yeah. yeah. Bambi's mom and that stuff. Mm. I mean, I think it might have been better than Solo. <laughs> not not hard. No. What number are you looking at here? Right now, I'm in the low 70s, or high 70s, low 80s. Maybe below Chappie. <laughs> I don't know. I could see it being better than I would have said Chappie World. was an unsuccessful film. Maybe. I like Chappie a lot. It had great moments, but the end was stupid. And uh, blew, blew. like, if you scroll up a little bit, you end up at like the Disaster Artist, the Bad Batch, Mister Dynamite. Yeah, it's hard to say. Lego Batman. There we go. Lego Batman is a good, good zone. Amazing. <laughs> the fate of the Furious. <laughs> we got a Disney movie right now at sixty-five. The The Jungle Book. The nineteen sixty-seven Jungle Book. I, really? The original? Yeah. Huh. Why did we rate that? Let's see. Yeah, cause then we start getting like real good. It might. I think I think the Jungle Book's the ceiling. I don't think it's better than. But I mean, it's that. about hockey. It is about like, hockey. Imagine if Imagine if the Jungle Book was about hockey. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> there has to be a tailspin episode where they play yeah, hockey of some sort. Um, I would actually say. Below 2007's Team and Above Pitch Perfect? Above Pitch Perfect. Um, that's a great place for it. No yeah. argument. Yep. Take it down, boys. It has been written. Now, I did not research this next film nearly uh-huh. enough, uh, but I feel we would do well to put it on the list because I watched Heathers. Heathers. Yep. Uh, I also watched that in the last year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I loved every second of it. It's it was so good. so good. It still delivered on the so theme, many punches. Also on the on the tone of uh, like way, way darker dark. than you than you way think dark. you're getting into. Like I mean, how did that get made I with did, the, with the like star power that was in it? Did they not notice it was about murdering children? A murdering lot? children, mask like masking it as suicide, then like making a joke of suicide. Yep. Then like weird like. Closeted homosexual yep. stuff, and then some mass murder, and right? then some more mass a murder, dose of mass murder, and then just, I love my dead gay son. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. It's so you you've seen Heather Scott? Yes, I have. Yeah, I don't have the same love affair with Heather's that everyone else seems to. Really? Yeah. Perfecto. What 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 unpleases you about that film? I feel like. Everything that always annoyed me about Christian Slater is in that movie. That's oh, true. But, uh, that, but I mean, also, it's like some of the worst Benona Ryder, too. Oh, yep. she's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, as a very big Winona Ryder fan, like, she's <laughs> awful. Like, she's terrible in this film. But somehow they work together, you know? Yeah. Like, they're both miserable Bonnie and Clyde juvenile 
idiots. shitty ri- idiot ripoffs. Yeah, exactly. But like, it kind of works in the film. Yeah. But yeah. The, I mean, I don't hate it. It's yeah. just people love it, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch this. I'm finally gonna sit down and oh, it's 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 okay. Mm-hmm. I think people love it in the like in the how did this get made kind of way. Yeah. Like we were like, why is there an entire film? Where the plot is, and like, and also like, like two Hollywood like up and coming like uh, on their rise, right? Yeah, like yeah. like two like teen stars on the up, and Shannon Doherty also, mm-hmm. who was like on the rise. Like, I feel like the dad was also um, Christian Slater's dad was also somebody. I think they were rec- least recognizable, yeah. but there's still, but like, still at least like three to four like teen stars on the rise, where you're yeah. like. They're all just awful, terrible people, and then they kill other people or themselves or whatever, like just repeatedly, again and again, and like, and like the point is, don't question mark like, like there's not <laughs> even like any like they they kind of they stop Christian Slater, but like not before they've killed like a bunch of people. <laughs> like, oh, it's so yeah, it's super weird. And what's her name? The big fun girl tries to kill herself. Martha Dumbtruck. Yep. Yep. She uh, she does not kill herself. Yeah. The, even the, the big fun song, teenage suicide, don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the the what do you call it? like the super hippie uh, like teen counselor or whatever? Like, yeah. Suicide is one of the most important decisions you could ever make. <laughs> the decision whether or not to commit suicide is one of the most important decisions a young a young teen could make. <laughs> yeah, and then so they ma- it was they- it was directed by Michael Lehman, hmm. who. Also directed 15 episodes of True Blood, three episodes wow. of American Horror Story. Hmm. What season? Seven episodes of Bored to Death. Didn't see that. Uh, I like Bored to Death. Yeah, Bored to Death was was cool. Just went on to do a whole bunch of TV stuff after directing My Giants with Billy Crystal and Hudson Hawk. Hmm. Huh? He did direct Airheads, though, and that is a masterpiece of cinema. Really? I don't think I saw that. No, no. It's another um... Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser, and Steve Buscemi. It's huh. a heavy metal band. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> uh, so you want to know what American Horror Stories he also, did? I messed yeah, it up. No, I also yeah. messed it up. What? Had another tie-in, and we jumped out. So Mighty Ducks yeah. was directed by the same director, Stefan Herrick, who directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Shares a director. <laughs> So yeah, there's more Bill and Ted tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Heather's it was weird, but I can see the True Blood and like kind of yeah, like like just like that weird like especially like there was there were t- a lot of times in True Blood. I think when True Blood was at its best was when it was self-aware, like mm-hmm. when you're just sort of like when it was like this is not okay, and then just like everybody just like kind of going along with it anyway, <laughs> like yeah, like when the vampires were just like not really meant to be like relatable or anything like. I, I'd have to think really hard about how it lost its way, but I feel I mean, like there, were, there was a too, couple seasons. It threw too good. much shit into it, just like any LARP. Yeah, <laughs> True Blood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, oh, now there's fairies. Get out of here. Just shark jumped. Yeah. yeah. Werewolves. That was when they jumped the shark. Werewolves was oh really? It was okay, but it was that. I'm just going to lean down this slope that is a little bit slick here. Ah, I'm falling. How did yeah. this happen? Yeah. It it was werewolves. Season hmm. like I said, season one was okay. Season two was kind of a hot mess. Season three was already in, and then it was all downhill. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I don't know how many of them there were. Does it go like half? seven or eight? Really? Yeah, it just kept going. Good yeah, lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't even remember when we bailed. Like we bailed somewhere, like somewhere in the middle of where there was like a full fairy town. That's that's fairy right. town, the doorway that opened to the weird carnival bar. That was my checking out point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like, get out of here. Because I was I was on board for Vampire Bible Camp. Yeah, that was I think that was season three. Yeah, was Vampire awesome. Bible Camp was I was yeah. like down. Like that guy yeah. was I was like into it. Uh, so yeah, Heather's. Heather's. Where do we I could easily see that in the top thirty or something. It's like one of my. Oh it's God, a, I'm gonna push back on that. Okay, it's high though, man. Yeah. It's like it's very. As good. far as like movies from that era, right? Fer- like it's it, to me, it's like in there with Ferris Bueller's Day Off and with. Um, I was uh, just about to say, but you can't even compare it with some of those good movies from that era, can. like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or yeah, like War Games them. or. Um, yeah, you could probably compare it to War Games because that movie is a trash fire too. Get out of here. I don't care how fun. much Ready Player One loves that movie. It's still a trash fire. <laughs> I'm looking the, at... The trailer to War Games is great, because it's got about three minutes of good... I will concede I have not seen it since we were living together, and I think you had it on VHS. Heathers may, to me, yep. personally, belong just below Big Trouble in Little China. <sighs> at what number? That would be number 30. What, what's below it? John Wick 2. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Logan, and Spider-Man Homecoming. It is not better than those movies. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Those movies don't... Get out of here. Like, you're literally stringing... You you just, like, literally talked about, like, remakes and a string of sequels. You are (laughs) never going to want to watch Homecoming again. In the same way that Heather's is something that is, like... Rewatch. It puts it above, like, Coraline, and Princess Mononoke, and Annihilation. I think it's... Well, uh, Princess Mononoke is the only one in there that I feel weird about, but it's definitely better than Annihilation and... Like, like, for instance, like, I put it above... It puts like, it above Office Space. I put it above Funeral Kings for the same reason, because I was like, yep. I don't think you get Funeral Kings without Heathers. Nope. Like, well... I mean... Dude, you... Like, without Stand By Me. Well, and then right. a little bit of Heathers. And a little bit of Heathers, exactly. Like, you can't drop that low, dude. It's so good. Like, it's just... Just for the, like, the sheer... Like, I think, like, originality of, like, I'm gonna write this movie. It's gonna be this, like, ultra-dark, messed-up comedy... And just no acting. Uh, but you know, it, like it's it's it's, it's poor acting. But it's fine. <laughs> it's within compare, the context of teenagers, compare it to, to Stand by Me at thirty-five. Uh-huh. Stand- Kids acting. Okay, there was definitely good acting inside of Stand by Me, and like I feel like you can put the scripts together side by side and be like, okay, they're both kind of great scripts. But the acting. Sarah says the acting is good because the movie wants them to act that way. No like, one makes Christian Slater. The, the, you can't give Christian Slater in Heather's and say that's the director's fault. No, Credits. that's Christian, that's Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah, that is Christian no one, Slater. For no one sure, makes for sure. Christian but I'm just saying, but, but I think everybody. But, but, but the director did say, like, oh, you're like a smarmy little jackass. Dial it up, Chris. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're like a weird, like, vapid, know-it-all wannabe poet, Winona? Go, 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 go hard. Go, go. Lean into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like, they took their worst things and they were like, yeah, scribble into the book while you deliver the, like, dear diary. Dear diary. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Today, <laughs> I met Hell herself and her name was Heather. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's nonsense. Like, I'm not telling you, saying the director, like, I'm not made it's... Winona Ryder and Christian Slater happen, but he did say, like, Run wild, my like. I'm not saying you guys are wrong for thinking it's fun. I'm saying you're wrong for thinking it's excellence. Okay, but but like you're you're talking about putting. Stand by me. Stand by me at 35. Okay. And you're you're saying it goes way above that. Well, oh, no. I mean, I said like, like two or three above it. 
above <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming? Come on, man. Yeah, Homecoming I put it under was... Big Trouble. I put it literally like six points ahead of Stand By Me. Yeah. Like, I'd say the lowest I would go is below Stand By Me. <laughs> Stop licking beer, little dog. Which would be above <laughs> in Bruges. Where? Uh, below in Bruges? Uh, or above? above in Bruges, below Stand By Me. I think that's the lowest. I, I mean, would... if, if you're adamant about this, Scott, I, I'm ha- I will bow to your... Uh, your decision here because it's not that far down but I, I feel like a lot of these Marvel action hero movies are getting a little, a little we're, ha- we're having fun with them and our fun allows them to go high on the list in retrospect man they're forgettable mm-hmm. uh, so I thought about a movie you guys should watch oh, oh uh, alright so is that, wait, is that where we're putting it under Stand By Me because sure yep. Yep. it's it's still very high because Stand By Me is number it's 35 on the list it's movie I really like I, yeah <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it. I'm gonna maybe Deb didn't see it. I'll get her to watch it, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll meditate on that one. Okay, so this all movie. Right. Well, then let's not put it on the list until you. No, no, no. Are, are you gonna rewatch it? it? We'll all have a Heather's moment. I don't know if I'm gonna rewatch all of it because I got some other movies to watch. Yes, here. you do. <laughs> um, so this movie came out in September 9th okay. of 2011. Yeah. So relatively contemporary. Um, has a. Zero percent approval rating oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Is this Jack and Jill? No. Uh, I remember it. <laughs> Don't even say that out loud. <laughs> God. I remember it because when there was uh, the blockbuster on Sherbrooke Street, it was always available. My blockbuster. Yeah, your blockbuster. It was like in comedies. It was always like prominently featured. I remember the box art very well as soon as I saw the line of it, and it was always available. It, however, though. Um, that year, lost uh, the Razzie. The lost the Razzie Award for Best Picture to Jack and Jill. So I'm not making huh. you watch Jack and Jill, but could guess. Yeah, no. I, like uh, I mean, there's a Jack and Jill tie-in. I was, which, I was, which is that it did come out that year. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, I mean, was not was at least was Adam. This film is Adam Sandler adjacent, much like Jack and Jill. Okay. Jack and Jill was an Adam Sandler vehicle. Yeah. This was a uh, Adam Sandler Jason. This was a Happy Madison production, which means that Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. No, that would be positively like nice. Deuce Bigelow Two. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know they made a sequel. I did. <laughs> it's I did. bad. I did. So uh, the, Paul Blart Malcott. The plot of this film features a small town manchild um, who stumbles upon his family's secret. His quiet and reserved parents were, in fact, famous porn stars in the 1970s. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Bucky Larson? A Star is Born? That's the one. Hey! <laughs> Bucky Larson. I hear this movie is so unfunny. It's like <laughs> sitting there and watching like, an, like, a, like a non-comedy movie the whole way through. It's just miserable. <laughs> like someone watched Nick Orgasmo Pitch, and thought, and thought they themselves. could do that. Yeah, and then they didn't make Orgasmo. <laughs> Why aren't we watching Orgasmo? That's a great fucking yeah, movie. Because that's not the point of this. Uh, <laughs> Nick Swardson is uh-huh. the star. Uh, yeah. Whoa, it has a 1.59 on 10. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes has it a rare 0%. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. On Metacritic, the film we've await- received a weighted average score of 9 on 100, <laughs> <laughs> meaning overwhelmingly disliked. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Roger, uh, Orlando Sentinel critic Roger Moore stated, the concept and the movie that comes from it aren't funny. (laughs) (laughs) And second, Swartzen wasn't any more born to be a star than his character. 
This takes a day. Oh. Harsh. But I just love the concept and the movie that comes from it. Are not funny. funny. But he's not right because the concept was great because it worked in Orgasmo. I can't, well, but it wasn't his parents who were porn stars. He just gets into No, porn. that's true. That's true. But, but it is the, the story. It's not a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Hang on. Uh, New York Times critic A.O. Scott stated in his review that Bucky Larson, born to be a star, was so bad, it may have been made to console every actor who has ever been in a movie that is a little less bad than this one. <laughs> Let me put it this way. This may be the worst movie Polly Shore has ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Uh, okay, worst Polly Shore moments. Encino uh, Man? No, Cinnamon's great. Cinnamon is probably like his top tier. And Cinnamon, Son-in-Law, Biodome. Those are three fine films. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Married an Axe Murderer is not the worst. I've had good moments. Jury Duty's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to watch the next one? The Army one? Go? That one's not great. Do we want to watch the trailer for this? You're going to get a little reaction. Oh, wait, hang on. I just read another one. Uh-huh. Um, so that guy who wrote that. Uh, revisited the film a second time in his My Year of Flops column, <laughs> where he cited it as an example of a shitty miracle. <laughs> Everything goes awry. It's not a matter of one sorry element dragging the rest down. It's every terrible component amplifying the awfulness of everything else. <laughs> like a one of the ugliest, most misguided comedies of all time. Did you say arrogant misguided? No. He, he said uh, ugliest, ugliest, most misguided. But I just love this may be the worst movie Polly Shore has ever been. In. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm gonna watch that tonight. Oh man! Wow. Hang on, let's watch. Let's. Check yeah, we're gonna pause the, and watch the yeah, trailer. Yeah, pause and watch Here the it comes. Sure, but yeah, put it back in. That, it was just. It's just. There's nothing funny. Not no, a moment of that trailer had a chuckle. It was not even chuckle worthy. It was worse in the trailer than I remember <laughs> it yeah. even being primed with those reviews. Like, say, think about the, the, what they did to make that trailer, right? It was like gag after gag after gag that did not have a moment of hit. Like, yeah. none of that was really funny, and that's the best they could do. Yeah. Wow. I, I would... I'm not sure which I'd rather do, watch the movie or watch the trailer for an hour and a half. Because <laughs> they both were pretty, sound pretty horrible. That always, whenever I see, like, trailers that are, like, bad... I often think about Get Him to the Greek. Mm-hmm. So Get Him to the Greek is like a movie that's way better than it way better than way better than it has any right yeah. to be. But it's also, the se- sequel to Forgetting loose Sarah sequel, Marshall. It's loosely like, connected. It's yeah. it's in the uh, Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall verse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a spinoff. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Because yeah. like the the rocks, it's the same rock yeah. star or whatever. Man, but, everything about African Child cracked me up so hard. <laughs> it was. So, but also, this but one is the of, worst thing to happen. But one of the things that they did is in the trailer. There are gangs that are only in the trailer, then they're not being, they're not in the film huh. because they were like, when we're cutting the movie for time, they're like, this is good, and then we're like, put it in the trailer because they were like, one of the things that they were like that they hated is when they're like, some of the best gags get spoiled, and they're like, you want those gags to sell the movie, but then you lose the punch of it in for sure. theaters because people see it like here it's coming. Yeah. So like one of the things that always sticks out in my mind uh, when um, Russell Brand has like a tiny little car and he's like in his underwear and he's like, I'm a motorist driving down the hallway <laughs> like off his mansion or whatever. Not in the film. But I'm yeah. like, that's a great moment. And it's just like a single isolated moment which is very funny of like a drunk rock star being yeah. crazy. And they had, they had so many moments they could throw some into the trailer and not use them. Bucky Larson had none. <laughs> the trailer for Bucky Larson looks like a trailer they would show in another movie <laughs> about a bad movie being made. 
Yeah, like a yeah. UHF style thing where you're like, oh yeah. no. Like like a on Scrooged, like where they're trying to show what's coming up next on the on the TV station, this movie, and he's screaming at it after the trailer ends. Yeah. That's terrible. You're all fired. That's what that trailer yeah, looks like. It looks awful, you guys. Well, thanks for that. I hope it's fun. <laughs> I had to move trying to speak. I had it like an hour of recording to try to think of a movie that you guys would both hate. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to think of one I would hate. You could have just gone for John and Better be, you have me to also watch ride. it. So, I mean, why would I make something enjoyable for you? This is to double down on your punishment. Mm-hmm. It needs to get worse and worse. I still think your football movie is going to be more painful. More painful. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'm probably going to watch Bucky Larson before I watch the football <laughs> one just to get that well, out. I mean, because this looks at least like okay, watchable is the wrong word. But, like, there yeah. seems to be there's at least ample things to make fun of. I feel that yours is just like, like a. Like a like an anger, like <laughs> like a, a, a like a cracker with no salt. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Forever United, like uns- no, no glass of water. Like an unsalted sight. cracker, mixed in with the Transformers movie franchise, like upsetting me on a, <laughs> exactly. on a core level. Upsetting you because also it's like a FIFA violation propaganda. of like some like the truth, truth. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, do we have anything else? Happening? I mean, did you guys hear about the Major League Baseball players weekends this no. past weekend? No. So they let they have a players weekend every year where they let the players uh put their own Pins nicknames in their hat. Nicknames on their on their jerseys instead sure. of their real yep. names. And they have fun wacky jerseys. Last year they had these like weird super bright colored ones. Mm-hmm. This year they had all black and all white jerseys. Oh, and the no. all black jersey and like uniforms, black socks, black pants. Black jersey, black Didn't hats. Didn't that too? No. Except the all-white baseball uniforms were all white with white numbers and white names on the back. You could not see who they were, <laughs> what it said. So imagine you give the player an option to put a clever nickname on the back of their uniform and to make it a white shirt with white letters and a white number maybe something happened where somebody was going to put something that the league didn't want them to to put and then they they made a decision to hide everything like this no no everyone yeah. had them they were fine they just you could, like see it from far you could see it on camera you couldn't see it from the stands. that that is a professional photograph that you're looking yeah, that's at that's not not a television thing yeah, yeah no, exactly that's it from i don't know yeah from 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 the stands you saw nothing from the stands you saw nothing on tv it got all washed out huh. it was horrible the Dodgers and the Yankees were playing each other, the two marquee teams in Major League Baseball, and they both said, please, can we not do this? Like, we are the the, the L.A. and New York teams, and we yeah. would very much like to showcase our own uniforms. Major League Baseball said no. The Cubs, on the Friday of the weekend, wore blue, their blue baseball caps and said, we're doing it in solidarity because it's supposed to be for the players. Huh. Mm-hmm. They were told something and on Saturday and Sunday, they had to wear their white baseball caps. Wow. So they got smacked down. Have you seen Mighty Ducks 2? You come out wearing your own jerseys. No, did period. not. Did not <laughs> last. You know, um, I, I didn't, I don't know anything about this, but I watched Screwball with Debbie. Well, uh, the, the movie where the, they talk about the juicing the guy in uh, oh, yeah. Miami who was doing whatever, and they yeah. had little children acting as the baseball guys. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was such a good little documentary. Hmm. Right, do you remember Scott telling us about this? They yeah, get yeah. and they get they get children to play the baseball players nice. talking about how they're you know. Whatever. That was like when uh, when Max Landis got hot ladies to be all the wrestlers, wrestlers. in yeah. the uh, wrestling isn't wrestling video. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Magic casting choices. Just 
we've talked a lot about bad jerseys, and I don't think I've seen anything as bad as white on white, white on white. white. On white. Uh-huh. Well, we got to remember you for Christmas then, because there's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of those to sell. Exactly. You got to get one of your get, get like a smacky nickname on it, whatever. <laughs> the, only, the only good one was my. I, I follow the Brewers, and there's a player on the Brewers named Eric Thames. They always call him ET, so his jersey said "Fun Home." I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that, that's fun." Cute. Everyone else though had like hockey nicknames on it. Yeah. Stevie. Yeah, exactly. Yelly. Yeah. Right. Garbage. Much, much to the the, the nonstop chagrin of the puck soup guys. <laughs> yeah. Like it's our fault. It's our fault as media that hockey players don't have any good names. We just trust them to name themselves. He's like. Josh Hader had Haterade, so that was pretty good. That's nice. The only one, was the only one that was. Uh, I don't know. Is there any like? Are there any good hockey nicknames? Because they often like they 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 they're saying like all the great hockey nicknames was the press that gave them. Mm-hmm. No one called Maurice Rocket until the press was like Rocket Richard. Huh. Then people started calling him Rocket. He was like a, Maurice Richard called like played in like 2018. He'd be called like Maury, <laughs> like or whatever. Richie. Richie. Richie, yeah, exactly, Richie. Like they're like, oh, schmaltzy and whatever. Like yeah. get it out of here. Like it's mm. they just because they're just boys giving nicknames to boys or whatever. They're like they're not. Their job isn't to generate nicknames. We're the hockey press. Right. We should. That's do it. that's our job. They should. Marshawn the rat. I guess that's it. I oh, think yeah. Like like turning your badge and gun, Bobrovsky. <laughs> yeah, Bobrovsky back <laughs> on the case. Like, that oh yeah. I'm like Jesus Price a little bit. Mm. Because price saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I don't know. There's like, yeah, not enough good ones. Not enough good ones. We should tell. Get on the phone to Wyshynski. <laughs> I was like, I feel that they should add that to Puck Soup every episode. I feel like Jay and Dan are the the ones who can fix this more than awesome. anyone else. I just think the Puck the Puck Soup guy should bestow a nickname every episode to a player, and then just like lock it in for the rest of the season and like see if it goes. This is Greg Wyshynski we're talking about. Yeah. Greg Wyshynski who got John Scott. On the All Star team. On the All Star team. Like in terms of a guy with like enough, a big enough online to get following. him an autobiography and a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we told you about that. We must have. So I don't know. D- d- like a, a fourth line goon. Yeah, it was a fighter. Fighter. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Fourth line goon, or whatever. Uh, there's like the NHL fan votes. Six and, foot eight hockey and, player. And Greg right. Wyshynski was like, uh, anyway, like kind of as a troll, just being like, yo, fan votes. You should vote on John Scott. Like he's a real good guy. Uh-huh. So then like it. Caught fire on the internet, like yeah. meme worthy, whatever. Because the vote was online, right? Yeah, in the prime Bodie McBoatface era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So John Scott gets uh, voted to the All Star game, and then the NHL tries to like avoid the embarrassment by telling him not to play, by telling it's him horrible. this and that. The league, the league gave him what, a phone call and said, what "Would, would you please kids... disca- yeah. decline? Like your kids will be embarrassed." And he was like, "Whoa, my kids? Fuck you! I'm in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's Hell it. yeah! They tried to trade him. The Montreal Canadiens were somehow involved in this because they traded him and then sent him to Newfoundland, <laughs> like to down in the AHL to try to like circumvent it. But That's then horrible. he was already voted in, wasn't allowed to play, played in a weird generic NHL jersey when he did mm-hmm. finally go there. Like, And when he came back, they said, we'll let you play one more game in the NHL if you retire afterwards. Otherwise, we're going to bury you in Newfoundland. Yeah. So yeah, it's an awful, awful, awful situation. It's awful. Yeah, like the worst. The movie's going to be outstanding. Yeah, exactly. That movie I want to watch. But anyway, so yeah, Greg Wyshynski can start nicknames. <clears throat> he can get that shit happen. He has the online following to do it. Do I it. mean, do it, Greg. This side of Chuckles. Yeah, but Chuckles is just <laughs> Chuckles was just your NHL default nickname. You couldn't make it say Chipchura. Yep. <laughs> what could I do? So you could give in. 
it, that feature Creative isn't even player. in future NHL versions. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so oh, yeah. You just, it just kind of mushmouths its way through the spelling? I don't think so. I just think it... I think if you just create a player, you, like, can pick... I don't, I don't know. I have to double-check. So anyway, so from creative players, mm-hmm. you could give them nicknames, but then they were stuff that the announcers had recorded. So when Kyle... Uh, Kyle. Kyle What's Tuchura. Kyle Tuchura. Yeah, I was like, you're not Kyle, you're Scott. But the <laughs> player's name was Kyle. So... He Scott. wasn't in the game, but he was drafted by the Canadians, so I put him in the game. Right. You kept your lineups up to date. Yeah. <laughs> Way laborious. <laughs> Before online play was enabled, uh-huh. so you couldn't just download the new roster. So you, you had to, to make, make a new all. roster every year. Yeah, you, you'd create a player for every character, but then you'd just... So Kyle Chipchura, we and we've called him Chuckles for years. For years. <laughs> because in Scott's version of NHL 05 or the whatever. The nickname I sort of like, like pass moving the puck up to. And it was always like, they only they only had like one or two shots of the announcer saying it. So it always had the same intonation. And he's like, Chuckles moves the puck. <laughs> Chuckles coming down the ice. <laughs> Chuckles scores. <laughs> like, it's like saying it exactly the same way. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, move the, pile, move the puck up to Chuckles. I yeah. feel like, yeah, the, the Puck Soup guys could definitely do that. Yep, Make it. a nickname, throw it into... But that was it. They'd, have to, they'd, then... they'd have to lock it in for the rest of the season that they only refer to that player as that guy. And then, I mean, I... I even... Brent, Breadman's got one. Yeah, but I mean, it's Panarin. I, like, I literally say like, Sweet Boy Patrick Laine all the time because of Puck, puck Soup. <laughs> but it's sort of like a Sweet Boy Patrick Laine. <laughs> like someone's like, oh, Patrick Laine. I'm like, what a sweet boy. <laughs> because they always like, and that's from Lozo... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like Lozo and Mashinsky were always like our sweet boy Patrick Laine. There's no reason for that. Uh, who, who, who would you pick? Who's the first player you pick? First player who pick? needs a nickname? Player who needs a I'm, nickname. I'm going to say Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner. Yep, he needs a nickname. I would call him Dotted Line. Because uh-huh. he's not signing? Yep. Just, just, just John Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, John, Hancock, Marner. Yeah, exactly, that's it. They, he, he has not, he's a, a very, very high-caliber player who has yet to sign with the mm. Toronto Maple Leafs because he thinks he's worth a bazillion dollars, and he's worth a lot, but maybe not that much, and it's very confusing. Right. I mean, it was like, remember how like that just sort of faded out because that's how long it's been? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's even talking about it. Like, TSN doesn't even have it on their front page anymore. There's what? No, there's no Mitch Marner stories on TSN's homepage. Maybe he just doesn't want to play for Toronto. No, but he has refused. He's refused very generous offers from other teams. He wants to play for Toronto. He just wants to get paid a bunch of money to play for Toronto. Right. It's very weird. And I mean, what do you call it? Uh, Nylander did it. Well, no so. pressure to win, right? Nah. John's Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. (laughs) 
905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.